Welcome to the VFF podcast. My name's Emma Germano and I'm the VFF president. Uh, the VFF Making Our Farms Safer project is bringing you this podcast episode series discussing issues affecting farmers as a result of the extraordinary wet conditions that have washed over the state this year. We understand the difficulties, challenges and very real impact that it's had on farmers and farming communities. Loss of stock and crops, damage to infrastructure, restricted access to paddocks, feed and clean water, delays in harvest, downgraded crops, machinery bogging issues, waterborne disease issues, financial threats that a once promising season did not foresee. We know that these are stressful, challenging and unknown times and unfortunately a reality that many are facing at present. We wanted to share with you listening today, many of you I imagine who are in the back of the paddock or are trying to get stuck into a harvest season, uh, so you're now unable to make it to upcoming community info sessions, some key points of information and support available over the next two podcast episodes to help in getting through the wet summer of 2022. In this episode, we welcome onto the VFF podcast, Rural Aid CEO, John Walters and Lauren Stacey, Rural Aid's Manager of Mental Health and Wellbeing. John talks about rural aid programs and their availability to support farmers. And Lauren Stacey covers mental health support, such as how to start a conversation with a mate, neighbour or community member who might seem to be struggling. Thanks, Emma. G'day, my name is Tegan Buckley and I am pleased to be interviewing rural aides John Walters and Lauren Stacey. John was appointed Rural Aid CEO in February 2020, having previously led the Fairfax Media's National Agricultural Business and being integral in the transformation and the modernisation of its regional media assets in Queensland, Northern Territory and Northern New South Wales. Previously, John was the editor and then general manager of iconic agricultural masthead Queensland Country Life. Throughout his media career, John has always championed the bush and agitated for the fair go for primary producers and their families. He has deep connections across the Australian agribusiness sector and a genuine affinity with rural and regional communities. Our second guest, Lauren Stracy, is an experienced and passionate psychologist with over 20 years in the non-for-profit sector and now manages a national team of rural aid counsellors from her Sydney base. Lauren spent her formative years working as a stable hand, spending hours on horseback, and this time really sparked that deep connection she has with the Australian bush. Welcome, Lauren and John. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Tegan. Nice to be here. Fantastic opportunity to to chat, Tegan. Thanks again for that. In this episode, we'll be discussing how rural aid is supporting flood-affected families and communities, and also the mental and emotional toll our rural people are facing and experiencing right now. John, could you start us off with this episode today on a summary on what rural aid's mission is and what help there is out there for our listeners who may be facing the devastating impact of the floods? Yeah, thanks so much, Tegan, and look, we're really Firstly, I guess our heartfelt thoughts go out to all of those those families being impacted by the current flood situation. We just realise that um, some incredible moments that are being experienced and we realise that um, the support of organisations like Rural Aid and VFF and a whole lot of others is, is really vitally important to, to know that there's people who care and can, can provide um, help and support. Rural Aid is, um, in, in terms of mission, is to, to provide economic and empathetic assistance to rural communities impacted by these um, disaster events when they come along. 
And it's for us, it's it's not just during the event, but it's the before the event piece that's really, really important and the after piece as well. So we, we talk about being there to, to stand with our mates in the bush um, throughout that whole um, experience that they, they, they undergo. And it's really important that, that we do that. It's um, one, to, to make sure that people know us before a, a situation occurs and then so that they, when when a flood comes along, for example, they can reach out to rural aid and tap into the assistance that we have available to them. And then really importantly afterwards, just respecting that recovery is never one pace and and recovery takes time. It's it's not a matter of days, it's not a matter of weeks or even months. It goes well beyond that. And um, our commitment is that we'll, we'll stand with those people um, for however long that is that they need us. So, um, and and I guess really importantly as well is that we're only a relatively new organisation. We've like we were sort of born back back in two thousand and fifteen when when drought was such a massive factor. Um, but here we are today um, in the typical Australian agricultural way that um, we go from from drought into into floods and um, a whole lot of other things happen in between times. But we've um, we've been there throughout to be able to make sure families are supported. Yeah, what a fantastic initiative! And over to you, Lauren. Can you please provide us a summary on your role with Rural Aid, and also any words that you can share with us on how we can look after ourselves, not only in the physical sense, but also touching on the mental and emotional toll on our farmers and communities as we do face the impacts of the natural disaster like floods. Yeah, sure, Tegan. So um, I head up the mental health and wellbeing team and what we aim to do is support farmers and farming families and rural communities to be able to have really great mental health and really great mental health support, um, to be able to flourish in times when it's good and also to be able to support them through times of challenge, whether that's personal challenge, like the things that we all face, um, you know, in our day-to-day lives or in disaster recovery as well. And the way that we do that is is quite diverse, um, but probably the thing that we're really proud of that we do that's a little bit different is our farm gate counselling service, where we actually go out to farmers and farming family members and also farm workers. We're able to support farm workers too and provide face-to-face counselling in ways that are really a cultural fit for farming life um, so that it's really targeted to what the needs are and understanding the nuances and the um, specific both challenges and also beautiful things about farming that um, means that we need to be a little bit different to your average sort of service in terms of counselling delivery. I guess in terms of the natural disaster support, I guess the thing to be considering is that it doesn't really matter whether it's a bushfire, a pandemic or a flood. Um, By their very nature, disasters are really intense. Um, They're really exhausting and they are something that has us with our attention divided in, you know, a thousand different ways. So many things are calling us to take action at a given time. Um, And they really have two key aspects, you know, that we've been in a position where we've felt a real sense of danger and also that our normal day-to-day life has really been swept away. Um, And so I guess the things to be thinking about when we're either in the midst of the flood or preparing for the flood 
to come your way because I think that's um, when I've been speaking to farmers this week, many of them are talking about the anticipatory anxiety of the fact that they know it's coming and, and having to kind of stay vigilant, which is really exhausting as well. Or in the recovery part where they're actually at the point where, you know, the water's come through and they're um, needing to think about what are their first steps to start sorting out um, in the aftermath of that is that whatever we do, um, that disaster recovery is actually something that takes time. And there are some things that you can do to really support yourself and your loved ones through that process. So I think one of the first things to think about is that um, needing to recover is actually a completely normal experience that, you know, when you have something so threatening happen to you and your whole life has been thrown up in the air, it is completely normal to not be okay um, or at least not be okay all the time. Um, you know, in fact, none of us can really ex- escape that and that typically disaster recovery has some pretty distinct phases. So, um, you know, in terms of those phases, the first one is really about the adrenaline phase where our brain kicks in and tries to get us to um, be quite energised so we can start taking action and start dealing with those immediate physical problems. Um, and this is often a part where people feel quite... Um, I don't know, it's probably a little bit harder to sleep. You're quite wired. You're kind of going, right, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You know, it's really obvious um, that the person is in that action stage. And um, realistically, that that action stage will probably stick around until the um, actual threat of whatever that disaster has subsided. Um, And that in that phase, often people have a lot of the tools themselves to be able to navigate that. It's just about being able to tap into those tools. So if you notice yourself kind of being a bit stuck or frozen, um, chatting with one of our counsellors is probably a good way to start accessing those resources again. I think people often think counselling is something that you need to, you know, spend months at, you know. I think... um, Popular culture has done a bis- done us a bit of a disservice imagining us, you know, sitting on a couch and talking about our feelings and, you know, and I mean, that might be true to an extent, but it's sometimes about actually just having a sounding board to workshop what are your first steps um, and that having someone out of your sort of echo chamber of family system can be really helpful because partly often people are worried about burdening their loved ones with their worries and partly because they've been in it with you, they're probably in the same sort of activated state as well. So having someone outside of that can be really supportive in just being able to bring you kind of down a little bit, calm a little bit, and actually think about what are my first steps in terms of the solution. Um, And then I think, you know, the other thing to think about, you know, once we've kind of gotten through that initial adrenaline phase is that often we've used up a lot of our reserves and if we don't actually look after ourselves in the long run by taking little bits of time out to you know connect with your family to play with your kids to do something that you actually like it doesn't have to be massive it can be you know sitting down with a cuppa and reading a book for a bit just something to kind of put back in the tank is that if you don't do that you actually end up um, at a point where you're completely exhausted Um, and that you actually get to a point where you are a little bit paralysed. And that has been something that we've seen with some of our farmers is that they went so hard so early that they kind of get to a couple of months down the track and they've got nothing left. They're absolutely flattened. So I guess the thing we're really trying to encourage people is think about this as a long game and that you're kind of 
dipping in and out of doing and then giving back to yourself and doing and giving back to yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you don't build in time for rest and play and connection with those that you really love, you're actually going to um, get to a point where you've got nothing to give and that's going to be much harder to build back up from once you've gotten to that point. Yeah, absolutely. And what happens if a farmer has a mate down the road and they know that they're not doing very well? How would that person approach their friend and start that conversation to support them or help guide them to some more help? It's such a good question. Um, You know, all of us turn to our mates when we're struggling. I think it's usually the first point of call because our relationships are everything to us. You know, these are our greatest strengths. And I think particularly in rural Australia, um, people come from tight-knit communities where people really genuinely care about each other. And so being able to use that and know that is one of the greatest strengths um, that any community has in terms of their recovery. The literature absolutely reinforces that. The communities that are tight and knit and have greater relationships prior to a disaster are the ones that weather it best. So I guess if you're noticing your mate not travelling too well and you've got a few concerns, I think this thing to start with is really about um, having those gentle conversations and starting with the observable behaviours. So what is it that you've observed that is different to how they were before? Because I think, you know, observable behaviours are quite tangible. Um, They're things that people can kind of sit on and reflect and go, oh, yeah, actually, I am a bit different, you know, like I am maybe a bit snappier or maybe I've withdrawn a bit or maybe I'm just not, you know, as vocal as I normally would be. Um, And then speak to them about that, you know, in terms of that sense of care. You know, I've noticed this about you and I'm just wondering, you know, are you going okay? And it's usually um, my experience that when people take the risk in their friendships to actually ask the question, the person is so relieved that somebody's noticed that they will generally open up. You know, I've no, I know that when I've done that with friends of my own, that you know, um, they might not have realised initially that that maybe they weren't travelling okay. But me asking the question actually had them have the chance to stop and think and go, "I'm oh, actually no, I'm not. I'm not really going as well as I thought I was." Um, and so once you've got that started, I think the next step is just supporting them to figure out what they need so sometimes that is about having you know supports like counselling but sometimes it's actually about really um, working out what they need in terms of connection with you or connection with their loved ones or a whole range of other things Um, so it might be that you sort of work out with them you know maybe we go for a walk together once a week on a Sunday and just have a bit of a yarn together maybe you know I'll come over and help you get a job done on the farm but we'll do it together so we can chat as we go maybe it's having a coffee once a week so it's really as diverse as what the person comes up with themselves but I think the the important thing to think about is that you know having a trusting relationship having genuine care and um, then thinking about for them and supporting them what their own needs are are the things that actually keep people safe and well Um, And then knowing some of those supportive services that are around them that can um, wrap around as well is really great. So, you know, us at Rural Aid, we would always welcome a call either from the friend who's concerned or from the farmer themselves. Um, We also think about how do we support the care system around people. So it's absolutely appropriate to get 
you know, a bit of um, get on the phone to us and have a chat if you're worried about somebody else because we can provide that supportive advice. Um, but also then, yeah, thinking about how do I follow up with that person because when somebody trusts you enough to actually show you their vulnerability, that is an absolute honour. And so we need to then honour that by making sure that we show up for them, not kind of having that one conversation and then cutting them loose. <laughs> so it might be, you know, I'll catch up with you in a week. Let's, you know, check in again how you're travelling or let's do, you know, let's go for um, a coffee down the street in a couple of days' time and, and see how you're travelling. Yeah, that is so true. Fantastic advice. Thank you. Is there a, a hotline or an online landing page that maybe we could direct some people to go and have a look at? More than happy to put it in the show notes. But yeah, where can we connect with Rural Aid? So there's two ways to connect. Um, there's our general um website which is ruralaid.org.au and so people can register themselves um, as farmers on that website Um, and if you're wanting to chat to one of the counsellors we've got a mental health and wellbeing line which is 1300 175 594. We hope you enjoyed these two episodes We're pleased to provide these key takeaways and resources in one place to support flood-affected farmers and communities during this tough time. Please enjoy and don't forget to share these with your farmer mates and your networks. And of course, if the VFF or the Making Our Farm Safer team can be of any assistance, please get in touch. Safe farming.